0: Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I'm going to do another part in the series I've done on the lost West Memphis Three files. I'm going to cover some of the old documentation and some of the old police procedural events that surrounded the events of the West Memphis Three and some of the characters. you'll, If you're familiar with the case, you'll recognize the names John Mark Byers. He was in the documentaries. The murders took place was it, uh, June 5th, 1993. There, all three were convicted in 1994. But there were some interesting things happening in West Memphis around that time. And some are uh, concerned the uh, the validity of the West Memphis PD. There was a forfeiture case. There was supposedly money that was leaked and items missing in, I think, 93. There was also a case of stolen watches. John Mark Byers was involved with about $11,000 of two Rolex watches that disappeared or were fenced, I think, about a month before the murders. And also uh, there was just kind of some other cases going on. But one of the biggest ones is that John Mark Byers was investigated, uh, his wife, when his wife died. She was uh, he was investigated as a it was investigated as a possible homicide. So there's a lot of information surrounding that. John Mark Byers died in 2020 in a car crash. He was 62. So um, he's kind of a recent passing away. Also, Dennis Reard, in the attorney for uh, Damien Eccles, the appellate attorney, died last year. He was, I think, seventy-two, but the wife of John Mark Byers was Melissa Byers, and you'll see her in some of these uh, documentaries if you go back and look at the Paradise Lost. At least one documentary, you'll see her in it. So it's just an interesting side case. This is really kind of uh, adding to the understanding of the West Memphis Three and uh, kind of case side cases and the people who are involved. So it's probably. Much more interesting if you're familiar or followed the West Memphis 3 case. So I'm going to read from some of the crime scene investigation materials. And her death, I think, was on March 31st, 1996. But it was kind of an open case. It went on for, I mean, the investigation went on for a year. And then uh, they just didn't have enough information to start a court proceeding court proceeding, or arrest John Mark Byer. So it's kind of up in the air. But the, he, in my opinion, it was very suspicious, his activities and her death during the day. He was around with her and um, they were drinking. I guess she was a pill user and also an IV needle user, something that I found out. But uh, he said that he was with her and they fell asleep on the bed and when he woke up, she didn't wake up. So that's his story. And you'll see that in this So I'll read some of these cases, and I hope you find this kind of of interest. For me, it's just uh, another element of this West Memphis 3 case that kind of fills out some of the characters. And some of the names Sudbury, if you've read even my book or Devil's Knot, um, you'll see that name pop up as one of the uh, members of the West Memphis PD. But uh, here's a crime scene search. It says, the crime scene search was conducted on March 29th, 1996, beginning at 9.40 a.m. on the Byers residence, located at 75 Skyline Drive, Cherokee Village, Arkansas. This search was conducted pursuant to a signed consent to search, which was signed by John Mark Byers at 6.55 p.m. on March 29th, 1996. This search was conducted... Huddleston Walker and Wazer other personnel present at the scene were Slayton Park. easily remained outside the residence on the carport area. Byers was allowed to enter the residence at 10 40 p m to answer a telephone call completed. Um, The crime scene residence is located in the northwest corner of Skyline and Choctaw Drive. The residence is described as a single-story wood frame residence sitting in an easterly direction with a carport located on the south end. The main entryway of the residence has a wooden door. There's no sign of forced entry to the door. And let's see. The master bedroom is located on the northeast portion of the residence. Upon entering this area, the bed is located to the immediately left. The photographs obtained by Huddleston and the crime scene diagram prepared by Walker will better depict the description of the residence, this residence, and location of the evidence items seized. So there was a bath towel seized, blue long sleeve pullover, seven different types of med- prescription medication prescribed for Melissa Byers located on the dresser. Which was positioned against the south wall of the bedroom area a list of the medication is as follows alprazolam lithium paxil lithonate desiril paxil and midol over-the-counter medication suspected marijuana and other paraphernalia located in the closet of the master bedroom one cure clear glass contents of milk um alcoholic beverage peach schnapps and there was a videotape of the crime scene so it was treated as a crime scene It's pretty remarkable so that search went through Uh, the body of melissa byers was lying in a hospital stretcher which was the same one used she was totally nude lying on her back and had been covered with a hospital blanket a visual observation of byers body revealed iv puncture marks on the top of her right and left foot on the inside of her right wrist and on upper right thoracic area. The right thoracic puncture mark and the right wrist puncture mark were both covered by band-aids. The puncture marks on the top of her right and left foot were not covered. Medical ID straps had been placed on the right ankle and both wrists of the victim. On the left hand of the victim, two rings were present on the left ring finger, as well as one earring. Fingers and toenails painted red. There was no visible bruising noted on the body, but a surgical scar is noted beginning approximately two inches below the navel. Observation of the victim's fingernails appears to be normal, and the area of the victim did not reveal any signs of recent trauma. The white sheet from the victim was lying on was blood-stained and stained from other bodily fluids, which occurred during the medical procedure blue pair of blue sweatpants the investigators obtained photographs of the victim's body which will better depict her condition at the time this investigator conducted the search so they took vic- tons of pictures of her body at the time and the IV marks so they knew all that uh, which is kind of interesting Um, this is also at the hospital, it says victim's husband, John Mark Byers, was at the hospital and had been communicating with Do- Deputy Wazer in regards to the circumstances of Melissa's death. Wazer obtained a handwritten statement from Byers and forwarded a copy of this to the investigator. Byers was later transported back to his residence by a neighbor, neighbor Norm Metz, and Melissa Byers' body was moved to the recovery room at the Eastern Ozarks Regional Hospital. The crime search of Byers' body was conducted by this investigator at the hospital. While well, at the hospital, John Mark Byers signed a consent to search provided by Deputy Fred Wazer, allowing officers to search his residence. So that was the consent. So he consented to a search. And there's interviews of witnesses. Norm Metz was there and his next-door neighbor. Metz advised that on March 29, 1996, he left his home around 7 a.m., ate breakfast, ran other errands, got home around 9.45. The buyer's vehicle was not home. Metz advised that he was home the remainder of the day, sharpening chainsaws and cutting wood until approximately 4 p.m. Metz advised that a little after 5, John Mark Byers called him and advised him that he could not wake up Melissa and asked him to cover cover over to see if she had a pulse. He advised, he asked him why he didn't call the ambulance. He said, well, come over, come through the kitchen door. Metz advised that he went to the buyer's residence and went inside through the door leading from the carport and saw the buyer's son, Brian Clark, and his girlfriend nude on the couch. He advised he went immediately to the bedroom and saw that Melissa was totally naked lying on the far side of the bed on her back. He advised her mouth was wide open. Her eyes were closed. She was totally limp and her arms were down by her side. Metz advised, He checked for a pulse, lifted her eyelid, and looked at her eyes. He advised that he told John Mark to do CPR on her, and he started it. He advised that she gurgled up some fluids, and he told Mark he was going to call EMS. Metz advised he couldn't use the buyer's phone because he didn't have his glasses, so he went back to his house and called. He advised that when he returned to the buyer's residence, Ryan was trying to help John Mark put some pants on Melissa and he asked John Mark if Melissa was dead. He advised that John Mark advised no, and Ryan had a funny, eerie look on his face. He advised he went and got a towel and told Mark to keep doing CPR, and also told Ryan to take his girlfriend home and get back there. Metz advised that he called John Mark Byers Mark. Metz advised that Mark was not totally hysterical, but he was worried and concerned. He advised when the EMTs got to the residence, Mark kept telling them, They've got to bring her back. Metz advised that Ryan went mumbling something, and he did not seem coherent. He advised when he left, he almost flipped the car over. He left so fast, spinning gravel. He advised when the EMTs got to the residence, Melissa was still in the bed, and they put her on the floor. Metz advised that he traveled to the Eastern Ozarks Regional Hospital and met with John Mark Byers. He advised that at the hospital, Mark told him he was afraid Melissa had overdosed on a drug that is in the streets in Memphis. Metz advised that Byers told him it could be bought for $50 on the street. He told him the name of the drug. He could not remember it, but thought it started with the letter D. Metz advised that John Mark Byers also told him he thought her death was a drug overdose and that they were going to accuse him of smothering her. He advised that Byers did not clarify who they were. He advised that he did not kill her and that he loved her. He advised that Byers also made some other off-the-wall comments that he could not remember metz advised that melissa byers came to his house yesterday march 28, 1996 and advised him that she was worried about her upcoming trial he advised that she made the comment that she was afraid that brenda atwood was going to get her house he advised that to the best of his knowledge ryan returned to cherokee village to live with john mark and melissa approximately two weeks ago he advised that since that occurred he had seen an attitude change in melissa she seemed to be irritated and had a bad attitude Matt's had no further information or offer. And this is another one. Uh, this is another person said that John Mark Byers had a girlfriend at the time. Mark's girlfriend's name is Mandy. Indicated a source contacted her and said that Mark and Mandy were hiding drugs in the trunk of Mark's car or behind their house. Indicated the drugs that were being hid were marijuana. She also said that she believes Melissa had been taking Dilaudids and Xanax. Melissa is believed to have a prescription for Xanax. She believes there is marijuana in the house. She further stated that Mark and Mandy have been seeing one another for some time and Mark recently moved back in with Melissa. She continued that she knew the Byers family since all the family lived in the West Memphis area and was aware of all the situations concerning the death of the Byers boy and the conviction of the three young men on that charge. And then there's a confidential informant. This informant advised this investigator they received information that James told someone that he knew John Mark Byers killed his wife, that he gave his wife pills all day long and alcohol. The informant advised that so and so that James alluded to the fact that Byers killed Melissa and he was there the day she died. The informant also advised that apparently James has talked to some reporters and has given a signed affidavit to this effect, which is going to be used in some type of documentary. The informant also advised that that James is in the penitentiary with Jason Baldwin, who was first person convicted in the death of the three West Memphis children, and that James told Baldwin all of this information. An investigator notes from September. Uh, There was information that The investigator, the case was currently in the trace evidence section, where tests were being performed for arsenic or other type poisoning. They could not advise the test completion date, but advised that as soon as the tests were completed, they would forward the complete autopsy report to this investigator. They did all the tests. To this date, the investigator received a copy of the medical examiner's autopsy report concerning the victim, Melissa Byers. The medical examiner's office has ruled that Byers' death as an undetermined cause in undetermined manner. Caught, uh, a copy of the autopsy report will be forwarded to Little Rock and become a permanent part of the case for her. Wow. So very strange. And there's like a note about her death. She was 40. she Did not look great, in my opinion, for her age. And uh, investigator summary, husband reports that he had intimate relations with his wife around 2 p.m. today, March 29th, 1996. Afterwards, they fell asleep. The husband woke around 5 p.m. and discovered his wife unresponsive. He then called the ambulance service. And uh, it's just a bunch of kind of check marks and stuff. Reporters, check marks. Suspect AIDS risk, yes. History of drug abuse, yes. Prescription drugs located, yes. So a lot. And buyers was taken into questioning the same day from 940 to 1145. And they did a number on him. He was in um, being interrogated by like 10 different people, it seems like. Bunch of different officers talking to him i guess they didn't get anything from him. inventory of evidence Let's see bath towel hand towel sleeve shirt glass contents suspected marijuana and paraphernalia so they took evidence from it incident report this is uh, the day after from a cop on Saturday, approximately 7, I traveled to the John Marks Buyer evidence reference copies of evidence seized and permission to search. He stated he needed to talk to me. I told him I had time to listen to anything he wanted to tell me. He then asked me to come into his living room and sit down. John Marks said he had talked to his brother-in-law, Dennis fear who was a policeman in Greenville, Mississippi. John Marks said Dennis and his father-in-law had brought Ryan Clark, John Marks' stepson, back from Memphis today. And that was where Ryan went last night when he left his home on Skyline. Dennis advised John Mark to tell the police in Sharp County about Melissa's recurring drug problem and wanted to tell me about it. John Mark stated Melissa's drug of preference was diluted over the course of their eight-year marriage. He said that he had taken Melissa on several occasions to Greenleaf and to rehab at West Plains, Missouri, but he could not watch her 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He continued that there had been problems in the marriage and that Melissa left him and went to stay with her mother and father in Memphis and returned home. Two or three weeks ago when ryan her son had returned he felt melissa may have brought some Delauded back with her from memphis he didn't know for sure i advised john mark that the autopsy would tell if he had any drugs in his system i then asked to speak with ryan john mark told me ryan was out with friends and st- to stay out <clears throat> so that was, that's just investigative notes After concluding the interview about Ryan's actions at the buyer's house, I asked Ryan where his mother's purse was, and he stated it was in Memphis at his grandfather's. He stated it was on the backseat of the family car, and he did not see it until he arrived at the grandfather's. He also stated he and his grandfather looked through the purse, but they did not take anything from it. This is uh, just more reports. Talking to people in uh area. John Mark signed papers for the ambulance and hospital and was asking Dr. Kaufman if he wanted to have an autopsy on Melissa at his request. John Mark said he didn't know what to do. Then he turned to me and asked me for advice. I told him it's very unusual for a 40-year-old woman to pass away as his wife had just done. And if it would have been a family member of mine, I would want to know what happened to cause the death. I then told him with everything considered that's happened in his family and the press he received in the last three years, it would benefit him if he requested an autopsy. John Mark agreed with what I told him, and he signed the request for an autopsy on Melissa. After signing the request, he apparently passed out and fell towards the counter. I grabbed his arm and shoulder and guided his body to the floor. The hospital staff came to his aid, and I excused myself to the visitor's room where Sheriff Powell, Chief Deputy Kevin Burton, and ASP investigator Stan Witt were waiting After a short discussion, I decided that I see if Mark would sign a permission for search. I told John Mark allowing us to do a search of his home would allow us to prove or disprove any foul play concerning Melissa's death coupled with the autopsy. I told him the sheriff's office would conduct the search by bringing this amount of people at one time and would cut the investigative time from 12 to three hours. He said he understood, thanked me and asked if he could go outside and smoke. As I was escorting him outside, we met his neighbor, Norm Metz. Officer told me John Mark was concerned with the whereabouts of his stepson, Ryan, because he had told him to take his girlfriend, Amanda, home and come right back. I walked down to the city where John Mark was sitting with a white female known to me as Mandy. I told John Mark we were about to search, and I would tell him when he could come into his house. I asked Mandy... I asked why Mandy was there and was told she is a friend of the family. Uh, phone calls, people showing up during the search, the house search. But there's a lot of information. Like they really tried to get as much information out of it. Again, And in these papers, it, it's an unexplained death. That's the way they described it. A lot of people saying stuff, crime scene search. Let's see. Another one. Yeah but there's a lot of kind of curious stuff with this whole thing and these people or paperwork. but they definitely were looking at it like something was going on you know talking to the family members, knowing that the next door neighbor. There was a a submission. This was um, September, came back. Kidney examination of the kidney revealed no significant levels of arsenic, lead, mercury, or any other heavy metals to be present. was from the criminalist Pulaski. They took like all kinds of architectural or kind of landscape drawings of everything. This is uh, the witness. This is actually the year after. James was interviewed on Tuesday, November twenty fifth, nineteen ninety seven, at the Department of Corrections, of Varner Unit, in a conference room. He may have information concerning the death of Melissa Byers. Byers, excuse me. I asked James if he would write me a statement, reference on an affidavit, su- a suspect in the murder. I had met Ryan Byers at Highland High School. I was talking with him on a few occasions, and I learned his little brother was one of the little boys killed in the West Memphis murders. After we had gotten pretty tight with Ryan, he told me on several occasions that his stepfather, Mark, had been in on the killing the three little boys in West Memphis, his stepson being one of them. I always noticed that Ryan was always friendly and jumpsy around me. After I had known them for a while, Mark's wife was killed. It was a drug overdose. It was called a drug overdose. But I can remember Mark giving her pills and other drugs on more than one occasion. I felt it was not any type of overdose. I felt Mark forced her to take all the drugs. To intentionally kill his wife, just for the simple facts that I know Mark. Signed, James. I asked James the following questions. Have you ever seen Mark Byers give Melissa Byers illegal drugs? Answer, yes. What kind? Answer, pills unknown, but I've took all kinds of pills with them. Valium, Xanax, Delaudid, and Talwin pills. Question, have you ever seen Mark Byers force Melissa Byers to take any type of pills? Answer, no. Question, why would he want to kill her? Answer, I don't know. Question, how do you know what she died of? A, I heard what the police said. Question six, can you really say he killed her? No, I cannot, but I believe he did in my mind. Question seven, how long had it been since you saw Melissa Byers before she died? I cannot put a date on it. Maybe a few days or a few weeks. It was like one year later. I took a statement of the uh, son, statement of John Mark Byers. uh, Went to sleep at 2.30, approximately 3.20, Byers' son Ryan knocked on their bedroom door to let them know he was home from school. Melissa asked John if that was Ryan knocking on the door. John says yes, he thinks. He then fell back to sleep. He woke again, went to the kitchen for a glass of milk, and returned to Melissa laying on the bed. He asked her if she wanted something to drink. He didn't respond. She didn't respond. John then sat at the right side of the bed. He then laid down, touched her, and she didn't feel right. John then shook her and went and got a wet rash wa- wash rag and wiped her face. He then felt for a pulse and he could not find one. After a short time, Melissa threw up some liquid. John then called his neighbor. I'm a stranger. This is uh, another one, just another criminal investigation files. It's just a lot of stuff in here, but eventually they just kind of gave up, put it in undetermined, so they never were able to obtain any conclusive evidence that this is what really happened. This is September 1996 or October. This investigator received the medical examiner's autopsy report, which listed as undetermined. At this time, there is insufficient evidence to charge any suspect in this crime. Therefore, this investigator requested this case be transferred to inactive status. If any new leads are developed, this case will be reactivated. So they they looked into it for you know, a good six months, it seems like. This is Jake. Jake advised that he was at the Byers residence on March 29, 1996, prior to Melissa Byers' death. He advised he arrived at their residence on Skyline Drive at approximately 1 p.m. and partied with them, drinking Crown Royal and taking Valium Xanax, and that he saw Mark Byers with a sandwich baggie of K-4 deluded. J- Jake advised he left the residence around 3. He advised the persons present at the time he was there were Mark Byers, Ryan Clark, Ryan's girlfriend, and Melissa Byers. Jake advised he was not in school that day because he had been kicked out of school permanently in March of 1996 for drugs. He advised he was going back to the Byers' residence later on in the day, but when he got near their residence, he saw all the police and left. Jake advised he doesn't know whether or not Mark Byers had anything to do with Melissa's death, but everyone seemed to be happy and jolly during their partying time. This is Mandy. <clears throat> Mandy advised that she was at the residence of John Mark Byers after Melissa Byers was discovered dead on March 29th, of 1996. She advised that while all the police personnel were present at the residence, she and John Mark Byers stood out in the yard thinking. She advised that during the conversation, Byers told her that he had three syringes in the bottom drawer, drawer of the chef robe dresser in their bedroom that he'd hoped the police didn't find. She advised that Byers did not tell her whether or not the syringes had anything in them and that police did not find the syringes. And later on that night, Byers threw them away. She advised he put the syringes syringes in a coffee can and put a lid on the can and placed them in the trash, which was picked up on the following Tuesday. Mandy advised that she lived with Byers from July of 1996 until August 1996 at his house on Skyline Drive. She advised that while she lived with Byers, he threatened her life. If she ever told anyone about the syringes, syringes, and after she quit living with him, she didn't come forth with this information out of fear of being prosecuted for withholding it. Beasley advised that she doesn't know if the syringes had any bearing on the death of Melissa Byers. She had no reason to believe that Mark killed her, or if he was just telling her this to make her think he killed her. She advised that while she lived with Byers, she discovered that he was nothing but a pathological liar. Mandy advised that Byers was currently living at uh, Blank Blank Blank, Jonesboro. Mandy also advised that during the time she was living with Byers, she, he told her that he burned Brenda Hatwood's trailer <laughs> in Cherokee Village. She advised that Byers told her to put gasoline all around the trailer and made a gasoline trail to the road and started it by using a cigarette as a fuse. She advised he told her a cigarette made an excellent fuse, that you could light it, and due to slow burning, it would give you time to get away. She advised that Byers told her that Melissa had knowledge of this and she's dead now and dead people can't talk. She advised Byers also told her that he, Melissa and their son, Ryan Clark, committed the residential Berkeley burglary at Atwood's residence. So interesting statements. This consensus searches So just kind of this really just kind of historical background of the type of people these were. And eventually, I think Byers would change his story. He would do crazy things for the documentary. These guys were supposedly getting paid for the documentary. So, um, yeah, a bunch of of strange, strange happenings there. So I thought I'd just read these into the record just so people could know. But he was under suspicion of the unexplained death of his wife, Melissa. And uh, After reading through those documents, that's right, it was suspicious. So I guess that's a takeaway. Thanks for listening.